All right, welcome to the Art of Faith. This is a conversation with myself, Pastor Josh Kapczynski of Granite Creek Community Church, and my best buddy, Pastor Joel Fairley of the First Baptist Church of Claremont. Also, I'd like to say a local artist. A local artist. And I am not an artist. I'm a connoisseur of fine artists. He's a connoisseur. I'm a curator of sorts. And so today is a special day because we're going to be looking at Pastor Joel's artwork again. So today you're not a pastor, you are an artist. I'm an artist. And have you gotten your muse back? Up's coming. It's it's is it's, it coming? Yeah, it's not showing up on the canvas <laughs> quite yet, but uh, she's showing up every some other yeah. places, which is nice. It's nice to be in the creative mood again and mode again. Can we talk about a, that? Yeah. All right. A little so bit. So Joel was talking to me a while back about like how he wasn't yeah. feeling the <laughs> Okay. We are very transparent yeah. here, by yeah, the yeah, way. Yeah, I know this is t- this is touchy stuff. <laughs> so I don't want to break any confidence, but no, you're not. Okay, but uh, yeah, losing that uh, that creative muse is probably a frustrating thing for, it, for you. Yeah, I think it's likened to um, a, a ball player, <coughs> a yeah. batter, or a pitcher that just can't find. Fo- <coughs> oh, excuse me. I was going to make a great point. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> That you know can't find the strike zone, can't you know can't get the rhythm on the bat, yeah. and I think that's what it feels like as you yeah. step up to to something that you want to do creatively, and you want everything to be knocked out of the park or be a home run or strike it out or strike be a strike every time, but it's not, and yeah. so it's just it's it's really the mental game that comes into it, and I think it's the same thing with preaching. I was gonna say that, so I'm, I'm kind of in that spot right now like i've got something to say but i'm just not just burning right now so i'm making my my wife preach on sunday you are yeah no, she did last week she did great she did so good last week i can't wait for her I, to preach I, at my church i know she's gonna she did good she didn't say any bad words <laughs> she said crap i don't know if that's that's considered she said a crap ton okay she used that in a sermon so but besides that's pre- that she that's really pretty good, good for her that's pretty mellow <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, I was proud of her. She did a great job. And, yeah. Uh, so we're gonna put her back in. It's not that like I don't have anything burning to say. I guess you could say I was not feeling the muse. You, that's and, and you know I'm a professional. I can do my job, right? Exactly. But it, it's it's just like the athlete, the pitcher, the batter yeah. that says I have these skills. I I know the mechanics. I know what to do. Yeah. They're that's yeah. that extra thing I don't have yeah. right now, whatever that is. I am working, in, at least in my mind. Do you work things out in your mind? All the time. All the time. All the time. So you're building and writing. I'm building. And I'm, I'm, and that's drawing. probably why I don't sleep very well. Yeah. Because my head is just spinning and buzzing with many things. Many things. And, um, but... Bringing the Lord in on that before I get too wound up is important. When I just see myself spiraling. Yeah. And I'm sure that happens to you. Yeah. So in your in your like little uh, uncreative moment, were you do you ever like pray like God give me my creativity back or give me my all the time all the time it is a cry out to it's God it's a cry out. Yeah, it really is, and it's yeah. and 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 it and, and I'm kind of in that. I'm kind of doing that exactly right now. Yeah. But it's um. But the answer comes. The the same answer comes echoing back to me. What is it? Let me bring it to you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me ask you this: Where do you find inspiration? I'm. I'm usually, I'm usually very surprised by it. I find it in, I find it in, um, in, in, um, I find it in the usual places, movies I watch, books, yeah. books that I read, um, and I. Not everything is inspirational to me, but then everything is inspirational to me. And that's a strange way of putting it, but it yeah. is. It it just is that, and. I think it's, I think it, I think, you know what I really think is happening with the Lord 
is the Lord, I think, probably, at least for me, spends so much time, I think, trying to get me out of the way. Mm. You know, is trying trying to get, get, will you just get out of the way and quit blocking what I want to give you? Yeah. And those blocks can be my expectations. Those blocks can be other people's expectations. Just, will you just get out of the way? Let me ask you this. Yeah. Would you ever think about stepping into the pulpit without notes? I'm doing it now. Oh. Yeah, I've been doing it for probably a good three months. I might take one sheet up if I'm if like there's some scripture that mm-hmm. I need to quote, uh, or if there's like you know, sometimes I do like a five point sermon. Mm-hmm. So if I have to remember all the points, I'll bring that up. Yeah. But for the most part, nowadays I'm not using notes anymore, and or I'll just read the scripture out of my Bible. Let me ask you a very yeah. vulnerable question too, yeah. because this is this is you know when people church people look at this, they're going, well, I don't know about that. I don't yeah. know if I. But do you, um, have you ever gone into the pulpit and just riffed? Yes. How'd it feel? Good. And I do it probably. I mean, I, it's, I actually had to not do that because <laughs> I can, I can, um, I could probably, it's easier for me to riff than it is to, for me to prepare. Yeah. So I can't. I have to prepare. Yeah. If I don't prepare, and if I get up there and riff, I'll do something really dumb. Okay. So or at least I have to put the time in. Uh, if I do riff, I'll, uh, I'll I'll make sure I'm not saying something that is. Or even if I am riffing, I I'm, I'm mindful. I've learned how to be mindful about the words that are coming out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. One time I said something stupid like, um, you know, God can heal you of your depression. You don't need medication. All right. So I said that once. I was, you know, I was in a healing phase. You know, mm-hmm. God was healing people all over mm-hmm. the place. Mm-hmm. And so I said that, and um, which is a true statement, right? Mm-hmm. God can heal you. Mm-hmm. But the problem was is that that truth is also not somebody's experience in that moment. And it was mm-hmm. very hurtful for somebody that was very close to right. me. And it's, even if God was willing or God is willing and God is able to heal, um, she wasn't there yet. Okay. So she's like, I need my medication. And I'm like, you're right. You do. So I have to. I mean, you know this. We have to be careful what we yeah, say. Yeah, you have to. And you have to. Um, you have e crow. You, you say do. stupid things. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not even gonna say it because I'll jinx it. But I feel that the older I am as a preacher, the less crow I eat. Yes. You know, and and the, and oh, I mean, I I did a lot of said a lot of dumb, stupid yeah. stuff when I was a young pastor. Like what? Come on, give me, give me a Oh, g- I, mostly, mostly it was, it was, you Preachy know, stuff. stuff like jack, some jacked up theology. Yeah. You know, um, theology, things I don't, I don't believe anymore. Um, not, not, but just stuff that doesn't, stuff that I'm, stuff that's not important to me now that was real important to me right. then. Right. You know, and I like um, hardly any grace. I was pretty punitive, right? You know, and I was punitive from the pulpit, and and um, and I was real scripted, and and I thought, and I was clever and snarky, yeah. And I thought I was clever and snarky, and, and shock it, jock, huh? Shock shock jock, yeah. I was, I was just boy, and sure. and it was just oh this is this is going to be oppressive this is a good point right and I'm like I I've just abandoned that that just gets me in trouble and it's and so my prayer is every every Sunday 
get me out of the way, Lord, yeah. so you can speak to us. I had uh, I had lunch with a pastor that today, and we were talking about um, ministering to Muslims. Mm-hmm. How actually how it's actually very easy because they've got the framework right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know this is probably going to come off sounding judgy and not right, but so we serve and love a God of grace, mm-hmm. and they might not be aware of that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's. Once we can expose somebody to whether a Muslim or a Catholic or Protestant or charismatic, yeah. Once we expose them to the gospel of grace, then it begins to change things a bit. And the 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 what I came away with in the conversation is that religions have this ability to leverage hyperbole. For, yes. For and, and I, I know that I I use hyperbole all the time. Yes. I use rhetoric all the time. Uh-huh. And that I would say is what gets me in trouble, or at least that's what got me in trouble, was the the unhealthy use of hyperbole or rhetoric. Right. Right. And over exaggerating things. And so the point was is that the Catholics have a very strong stance on baptism, right? Mm-hmm. And orthodox, like if you're not baptized, you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. And that's some pretty strong language. Mm-hmm. That's some pretty strong hyperbole. Mm-hmm. And what my pastor friend highlighted to me is like, yeah, like they say that. Like that's, you know, you know, there's their there's their oomph, but it but if you look at the catechism, it's kind of hyperbole because they've got an excuse for everything as you know, like, yeah, it's necessary or you're going to go to hell. But, you know, if you're an infant and, you, you know, and something happens and you don't get baptized, then maybe God will. So they have all these little exceptions. Mm-hmm. And the point is that God's a God, a God of grace. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. getting stuck in the hyperboles yeah. is a dangerous and, thing. You're and is it wonderful it. that, you know, when... <laughs> when John speaks of in the beginning was God's word and and here comes Jesus the sheer absence of yeah. hyperbole right just just this is you know when God spoke to us he did not speak to us in hyperbole he spoke to us through the simplicity yeah. of Jesus amazing and then and he and then he cuts through all the hype, religious hyperbole of of the religious of the religion of the day cuts through all the hyperbole of the law and says a new commandment i give to you love one another as i have loved yeah. you okay okay <laughs> all right i have a i have another little story that happened just recently okay i'm going to leave names out because okay. i just don't yeah, I don't have permission. No, to share. Don't. To share I don't want to hear. Okay, um, so this person I know is a very uh, conservative, theologically individual. Uh huh. And they were working with an indivi- another Hollywood star mm-hmm. that's doing a lot of good social justice yeah. stuff. Okay. Yeah. So the Hollywood star is actually helping the poor, right? Doing good, doing good works, mm-hmm. right? And so I asked this person. Oh, and then incidentally, there was an involved in the conversation was that there was a group of pastors mm-hmm. who did not want to help Ukraine people. Mm-hmm. They they were. Uh, not quite sure how they they figured this out, but they're pacifist, which is I'm a borderline pacifist. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, but they're pacifist to the point where if they were to send aid to the Ukrainian people, they'd be helping the cause, mm. right? And so, which is problematic because mm-hmm. these Ukrainian refugees are starving to death. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's need to help people. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah. there's people that are need that need to be helped. Yeah. And this group of pastors with their mindset, like, well, we can't get involved. Right. 
So they just keep, they just kept on walking, right? Mm-hmm. They just so anyway. So that's the that's the whole context of the story or the, of the conversation. So I, I said, so do you think that this hall this Hollywood actor? Do you think this Hollywood actor is gonna go to heaven? And this very conservative person says, Well, of course he's going to heaven. Jesus might have to wash his mouth out with soap first, but. <laughs> and then this person says, I can tell you who's not going to heaven. It's those pastors that didn't do anything when their brothers and sisters were hurting. Yes. So, again, hyperbole. But it, it's interesting, right? It is yeah, it, just think, it is very interesting because there is that point, that there is that place in the Sermon on the Mount which just slaps all of us upside yeah. the head. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, 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 Lord yeah. shall it's enter tough, the... Man. And we all, well, is it me? Is it me? Is it me? Is it me? Yeah. Well, the, the, it doesn't matter if it's you, just make it not be you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, we always live in this tension of works and versus we do. faith. And, 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 and we do. We're never going to figure it out. We do. But, I mean, the Good Samaritan parable is in there for a reason. It, and Yeah, I mean, and, and really what the, the bottom line is there's, there's, something, there's something theologically profound and correct in that very trite statement in question that everyone has turned into something they put on their bumper sticker. Oh. W W Yeah yeah. You know, W W J D. What would Jesus do? Yeah. yeah, it has become trite. It has become but the point yeah. is, what would Jesus yeah. do? You gotta we gotta go there. We gotta go there. Yeah. We can't just say, Well, what would Jesus do? Yeah. No. Don't don't ask what would Jesus do. Do, do what Jesus would yeah. do. For sure. And that's you know, that's the issue. Sorry to be cranky. That's all right. I don't know how we got off on this. Let's talk about art. Let's talk about art. All right. Okay, Josh. Yes, sir. Um, today is, we are incorporating uh, and talking about what happens when an artist encounters sounds and yeah. songs and music and how they blend into one another. And so... I'd like to start our our time with um, one of the greatest artists in nature. Okay. And um, and one of the greatest artists in nature and greatest builders and architects are spiders and uh. spiders in their webs. I found um, I found on um, YouTube a uh, a piece that says. The, it is the sonification of, of a spider's web. The sonification. The sonification. Okay. That what if, if the structure of the web, as the spider is building it, was put into um, musical notes. Okay. Um, short nuts having, short um, strands having a value, longer strands having a value. And what would it sound like? And it's, it's very beautiful, and it sounds like, to me, it sounds like a, a soundtrack of a slasher movie. Mm. But, but well, it's still spiders, right? Huh? It is spiders we're talking about. You know what I mean? It is oh. spiders. So let's 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 give a listen to this. Okay. Oh, MIT did this. Yeah. Yeah, that's bizarre, man. It does sound like a 1970s horror movie, doesn't it? The whole point being that um, sound and art, music and art, are intricately connected yeah. more than we think, and especially sure. in the visual arts. And so, and so there were. Um, so I've, I've done a series of paintings based on um, on on pieces on pieces of music specific pieces of music um genre mm-hmm. um specific okay. songs different genres and things like that 
Sorry, they called soundscapes. They are called <laughs> yeah. soundscapes. Why don't you define what a soundscape a is? A soundscape to me is, is I'm listening to the music and I am interpreting the music on canvas with my paint as I see it, much like a landscape artist would sit on a vista and look at the ocean or look at, look at the mountains and paint a landscape. This is, I am interpreting the sound that I hear, the music that I hear, um, on that, but I don't. I'm not the one who did that. Yeah. So uh, I, Kandinsky, it's just me. Yeah. So Kandinsky, there was a um, post or a modern artist named Kandinsky that worked with paint, visual arts, and sound and music. So he would listen to like, you know, Beethoven's Fifth, uh-huh. and then he would try to paint what he thinks he's hearing. Yes. So do you want to? Look at yours first. Or you want to look at who, some of Kadinsky's stuff. Who's first, Luke? Um, well, I had Josh's queued up. Okay, let's look yeah, at Josh, mine. Then. Let's do Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So this is what he thinks music looks like. So I don't know. This would probably be like jazz or something, right? Mm-hmm. So if you could have him visualize what jazz would look like, it's going to be big, bold lines and circles and nothing precise. Now. And this is a uh, wait 1920s 1930s yeah and it's got a very 80s vibe to it but boy it sure does yeah and it doesn't even and because the media the first thing you think about when you look at this picture you look at the left hand corner oh it's vinyl yeah no there was it's a record yeah there's probably maybe I don't know yeah I don't know if that was intentional or not but for sure. it's I love this Isn't that cool it's really cool and also at the around this time uh, Calder was was working uh-huh. so Calder did all the um stat not statues the 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 mur- uh, mol- mobiles. mobiles mobiles yeah so he did all these you know floating mobiles and things yeah. like that so they were kind of fed off of each other a little bit but you can kind of have that sense that there's mo- obviously there's movement oh all awesome. over the place awesome it's really lovely it's a really lovely piece and and structure too, uh-huh. movement and structure. Uh-huh. I think I got a couple more. Okay. Kadensky. Yeah, same guy. Yeah. So I don't know checkerboard, big circles that are, and then things that are like flying off into mm-hmm. nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, there really is no form, right? That you can't pick out any type of a form at all. You know, but if you were to play the music with something like this, play yeah. the music of the spider building as well. Yeah, that would make that's sense. What it, it, that would make sense For very sure. much. Wow. Okay. I think I got one more, which is, yeah, look at that one. Isn't that cool? That is very cool. And um, this just playing with shapes. And I, I appreciate, um, I, I, in my pieces, I haven't done that. <laughs> I haven't done, but I appreciate he has expressed the music with um, with just objects and shapes, yeah. and depth, and depth and lines mm-hmm. and color. And um, you know, there's probably some more, little more literal interpretation of things in my quote unquote soundscapes. Um, and, and so. I, can we see one of your soundscapes now? Yeah, we'll see in just a second. Okay. I want to. I want. I want to make a point. Yeah, yeah. That. Um, but. Kaczynski is that? Yeah. Did I get the right? Kaczynski, and myself, um, we're not the original artists who created the soundscapes. God did that. Mm-hmm. And if we go back to scripture, He spoke creation into place. By a word, let there be light. Yeah. Let us make humans in our and so we are created by the sound of god and so literally what we are on earth is we are god's soundscape yeah, yeah I, uh, I actually i'll go there with you 100 percent. you know in that this chair has a frequency mm-hmm. you know that rock has a frequency mm-hmm. everything has a frequency. everything does um we have frequencies yes and the scriptures even talk about the rocks crying out. Mm-hmm. If we're if we're not going to worship, the, well, the rocks will cry mm-hmm. out. They're going to do their job. And that's a fascinating, and it's a scientific truth. It is. That everything has a vibration. It is. Yeah. I just saw YouTube today 
that that um, showed the, all the planets and the sun and played their sound. Dang. Beautiful. Eerie. Fun. Yeah, our, our shared favorite artist is Van Gogh. Uh-huh. And so he was playing around with this too. Yes. When he was painting light, specifically when he's painting light, uh-huh. he's painting the frequencies of light. Yes. He had no idea what he was doing because, yeah. I don't know, he was crazy, right? Who knows if he was crazy or not. But he's brilliant regardless. Brilliant. He's, he's, he's painting... I'll say he was he was severely broken, for sure. He was broken, but he was tapping into something. Yeah, and absolutely. And like even when uh, scientists look at his work and how he depicted light, he saw it in its truth. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that? How can you see light the way that he did and, and see it as scientifically true? It's fascinating. Fascinating. But yeah, everything is singing right now. And yeah, yeah. Everything. You know, I, in my um, charismatic background and tiltings, so I'm going to I'll tilt towards word of faith stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, obviously highly controversial, but there's truth in it too. Mm-hmm. So, it's illegal for me to say I'm going to speak a Ferrari into my existence, mm-hmm. right? Like we don't, I don't know what we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't preach that, mm-hmm. but we can speak life into our lives and give certain areas of our life a new frequency, mm-hmm. speaking life into a situation mm-hmm. or we can choose to speak death. And well, again, going back to the word. Yeah. Becoming flesh. flesh. Full of grace, grace and truth. Life, yeah. It it becomes false when our word of faith is, you know, has a Ferrari attached to the end of it. Yeah. It becomes re- good theology when truth and grace are attached to it. I still like Ferraris, though. I just well, I do too, and I would I, that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I would like one, but I don't think that's going to happen. So, okay. So um, we're going, so this is, I'm going to, I think my first one, I want to tell the story about this first one that you see. Um, it was in 2011, and I, uh, it was the prelude of the year. It was the, the year before, or just at the end of the year before, in 2012, I decided, um, I think it, it, this is what helped me say, I'm an artist. Mm. And I'm going to call myself an artist, and I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm not going to try to justify it. It's not my hobby. It's I'm an artist. I, I'm not a hobbyist. I'm an artist. I love That's this. Right. And and the story goes that uh, I was approaching uh, four days before, five days before Christmas, and I was going to see my kids, and they were all going to gather at our place in Claremont, and um, I wanted to I wanted to give um, I often gave artwork and and paintings that I would do for the kids and my oldest daughter Laura and I said Laura what do you want what would you like for Christmas what would what kind of subject would you like me to paint for you and this is before she had any children and um, and Laura said Papa this is what I want you to do they call me Papa so this is what I want you to do Um, I want you to listen to our favorite album and our favorite album is because mm-hmm. I bought it first when she was five years old. And I played it over and over and over again. And she was right there listening to it with me. And it was Paul Simon's Graceland. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I love and, it. Um, Diamonds on the soles of her shoes, right? Yeah. And and it's her favorite album to this date. She says, what I want you to do is I want, li- want you to listen to it five times. And while you're listening to it, just paint. Just paint. Don't. Don't so think. she asked you to do that. She asked me to do it. She said, so there's a muse. Yeah. She said, just paint. Just do that five times. So um, I queued it up, filled my palette, and painted one layer. And then another layer. And then another layer. And by the time I got to the fifth layer, to the last listen through, this is what it, huh? was there. And... And so this is almost a literal, a kind of a literal interpretation, but it's so busy and so fun 
and I saw all these colors. Um, there's speaking of diamonds on the soles of her shoes. Now you have to be when you're Hell doing yeah, this. When you're doing this in real time, um, you don't get to. <laughs> you know, you you sometimes resort to um, stick figures, and the uh, and Laura has this piece in her house, and people mm. are asking about it all the time. Um, uh, there is the boy in the bubble. Um, and mm -hmm. lasers in the jungle, um, Elvis and the uh, uh, Nash Memphis going, mm -hmm. um, uh, going to Graceland, Graceland, yeah, yeah, Memphis, yeah. Tennessee. A nod to Sun Records in Memphis. Okay, um, and uh, and then just all kinds of the. Um, you can call me Al. Call me Al. Yeah. And call me Al. Um, duck down, duck back down the alley. That lyric, duck back down the alley, with some roly poly little bat face girl. Oh yeah, there you she know. is, the roly poly bat face girl. Yeah, interesting. And so, this was this result of that, and um, it was the first time that I never ever ever thought through a painting. In the sense that so I, you just, this is your riff. This I your, riffed. Yeah, I totally riffed on this. And I found it fun. I found it exciting. I found it um, really, really um, fun. Mm. And um, and so this was this was the very first painting that inspired it. Such a great album, too. Great album. Great album. I love it. Oh, cool. All right. So. Um, so at the time I did this, I'm going to go in a little bit of order and then I'll be out of, of when they were created. Uh, while I was doing this, I was also teaching fifth graders down at Crossroad Christian School. And I came across a friend of mine sent me a recording of a artist by the name of um, Slim Gilliard. And Slim Gilliard is a... Um, was was an artist in the 30s and 40s. Okay. And he was a boogie woogie artist, and he was he did nonsense sounds, uh -huh. uh, songs, and he made up a he made up a language that he called Vudarini, <laughs> and he would put it in it. And he was very accomplished magician. He could speak several languages, including Greek, Arabic, really French, English, and um, and he and so. I would listen to his music. My, I show my kids. My, I play it in my classroom, and my kids. There was this song called "Cement Mixer Putty Putty," and he and they were always singing "Cement Mixer Putty Putty." Uh, and so uh, this is called "Splash in the Coffee" because he has a um, he has a a. This piece is based on the music of Sam Gilliard. And um, mm. and he has a song that it, that where the lyric goes: Dunkin' Donuts, splash in the coffee. Dunkin' Ben, Dunkin' Bagel, splash in the coffee. Mm. And so um, this is based on that. He plays piano. He plays guitar. He plays saxophone. Yeah. And he has references to um, in some of his songs. He has references to um, Charlie Parker, Bird, and. Um, this looks like music. Huh? This looks like music. Yeah. It looks like Because that piano is rolling yeah, in all of that. For stuff. sure. Very different than your other stuff. Very different. So, you know, compared to all your Superman shields. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is, those are precise. Those are thought out. Yeah. This isn't. This isn't. And I, on purpose, just want to put myself in a... Um, I don't listen to the music and then say, okay, what am I going to paint? Mm -hmm. I listen to the music while I'm deciding what to paint. And what campus. city is that? Huh? What city is that? I don't know. You don't know? Some city. Some right. city. I think it could be it could be Chicago. I was gonna say Chicago. It's probably Chicago. Okay, why Chicago? Um he sounds like he's from Chicago. Dang, I, sh I wish I would have said that looks like Chicago. It it does. He was in Chicago and he um and he he lived in an apartment and there was a lady in his apartment, an Arabic lady, who invited him over all the time to, and to cook him Arabic food. Oh nice. Yeah. And so that was that was fun. Just a, a great guy. You can you can he is on YouTube. 
um, some old things that and quite pers- quite a interesting personality. He has very enormous long fingers, mm. and he can play the piano with the backs of his hand like that. So cool. And then so um, I also I would probably say if there if I had to pick somebody who would soundtrack my life. Um, of all the artists in the world, if I were to pick somebody, it would probably be James Taylor. Oh, okay. And um, James Taylor music has always influenced me, and so this is a piece by just listening to James Taylor music. Um, and I take the name of this "Deep Greens and Blues" from the lyric of "Sweet Baby James." Deep greens okay. and blues are the colors I choose, and so this oh, is wow. this would be it. Um, some of illustrating some of the lyrics, um, of course, there's Sleep, Sweet Baby James, first thing. Um, that, the, and then there's the road, the highway. He has lots of lyrics in the highway. Um, and, and then he plays an Olsen guitar. Okay. And so I've gave homage to a little bit of the ocean, um, yeah. of the Olsen guitar. And, um, Oh, this is interesting, Joel. This is very uh, surreal. Yeah. Something in the way she moves is in the corner. Uh-huh. Um, and um, and so, and also with the drops and, and the flame, I see fire, I see rain. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my favorite songs of his is, in fact, I danced to it with um, my, my daughter is... Um, is um, oh what a dog on it! <laughs> I can't even remember it. That um, da da dun 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 dun. Um, they will rise, the mamas, like a big balloon. Mm. Um, only the good die young, or no, right. that's not it. That um. Anyway, it's one of my favorites, but being 66 and I can't remember that's all right. specific things, but that's that's what this is. And the cowboy hat? Um uh sweet baby James. Okay. He he he's he's famous for saying um uh he said I knew I, I he was going down to North Carolina um to greet his new nephew who was born for him and said I knew it needed to be a cowboy song. Mm. And so um, um, there is a young cowboy who sleeps on the range. And uh, so good night, you moonlight ladies. Mm -hmm. That's where that is. Have you ever seen James Taylor in concert? Yes. I'm sure that was good. Yeah. Yeah. He was good. He's, yeah, it was lovely. So these were the first three soundscapes, soundscapes that started it, and then I, I started to get into a groove, and I don't know what's next. I, I, don't, I don't know what that... I'll see. Um, oh, this was a commissioned piece. Um, when I show some of my soundscapes, friends of mine would say, can you do me something? And so I commissioned, and this was um, based on the song uh, God Bless the Broken Road by Rascal Flatts. Okay. And, oh, look at that. And um, this is a more li- kind of a more literal yeah. interpretation of of that piece and of that song, and and trying to create the broken road. But there's this great, it's a great piece. It's just a, a it, it's a. I even have it in my worship pieces. Mm. Cause, yeah, <laughs> you great. know. Yeah. A very obviously very a little more literally the keys are there. Yes. The broken heart is the there. broken heart time the, is um, there. And the time. And you have a cross in there. And I have a what? You have a cross in there. I do. Because that's because when I see that, I think I can't help but think of the Lord, but God because of my broken life and my broken road um that led me straight to you. Mm. And you know, and led me to your arms and led me to your love. And so, of course, um, I put that I put that in there. So I think that's where all broken roads, hopefully all broken roads that we experience in our life will lead us to the Lord. Yeah. I, yeah. 
I love that. Yeah, that's that that is hanging on a on a boat in Florida. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> My friend who commissioned it has it on her boat. Okay. Lorena McKinnon. I saw her in concert oh. in uh, Ventura. Well, I heard, and this is one another one of my favorite albums. Is her album's called called The Book of Secrets, yeah. and I played it over and over again. It's the most haunting piece, and um, and so this is. I just will call it. I call it the Book of Secrets, and it's my interpretation of every song on that album. Okay. And um, she has one, the one in the middle that is the brightest spot. Um, I just saw, you know, I saw this Mideastern sound, mm -hmm. you know, and um, flowing and dancing. And so it kind of breaks up the rest of the blues and greens. But um, this I is my interpretation for it, and unfortunately, I don't own this one. You gave it, either. you sold it away, or gave it away. My wife gave it away. Oh, I'm sorry. She said, "Can I give this away to my sister?" And I oh, said, "Sure." No. And well, she really, go visit she really her. likes it. Um, one of the songs I don't. That's it was, since you're a big fan of her, yeah. Book of Secrets, mm -hmm. kill it. The the um, piece in the top um, is a song called um, "The Highwaymen." Based on the poem by I think Alfred Noyes, okay, called "The Highwayman." Okay, it's a beautiful poem. Well, she put it to music, mm. and and so that kind of dic dictates that he's riding over a purple moor. Um, uh, the moon is a ghostly galleon. And it, 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 I think you did capture the essence of of Lorena McKenna. Yeah, for sure. Is that a lute too? Is that a? It's just a. I I heard a violin. It's just violin. a stylized okay. violin, yeah. you know, and um, just just that. And so, but I just love. I love to really be in her place, and I just her music always reminds me of of forests and greens mm -hmm. and lots of green. Yeah, as you can see, lots of green. Yeah, she's very earthy. Very yeah. I don't know if hippies. Well, I think she's classified as world music. Yeah. 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 I don't know if I'd call her a hippie, but definitely well, I, I wouldn't call her a hippie. No. No, she's, but ethereal. It's ethereal, yeah. cultural. Yeah. Yeah. World yeah. music for sure. Yeah. 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 Perfect. My favorite song on that album is uh is the last song called Dante's Prayer. And mm. it's beautiful. Just gorgeous. And it's Susan, my favorite. Okay. This was another Garth Brooks and Bob Dylan. And also, I forgot to add um, Adele because she sings this song too. Ah. Um, this was another commission. The same person who commissioned Broken Road, um, f a gift um, for her husband on their anniversary called "To Make You Feel My Love," and I interpreted this. Wow. I interpreted this very Christian. Yeah. Um, and um, so that's pretty bold. Yeah, <laughs> big old Jesus on there. Yeah, and this keys. is actually it's actually. Uh, is a, there a little one? This is a little canvas yeah. one, but I, I I this is several layers. In the first layer, I never had Jesus there, but I couldn't. I couldn't as I was doing it. and I was listening to it over and over and over and over again. I could not get away from hmm. the image of Christ. And, and I think, in. and I think, in one sense, at this point, what I was, what I was seeing and hearing, is um, this is how far I would go to make you feel my love. For for the Lord to, for us to feel the Lord's love, or be loved, and know we look to the cross where He was feeling, besides all the pain, the love for us. So it seems to me that. All of these soundscapes, whether it's yours or Kandinsky or yeah. whoever else is doing it, like movement is a big part of it. There's movement. Like you're not painting still lifes here. This no, is, no, this no, isn't no. A portrait. No, there's, it's it's fluid. There's action. It's actions. In yeah. fact, it it just it just changes from from one setting to another. And and I have to tell you, it's almost like when I I when I re-listen, maybe the next day. 
listen to the piece and work on the piece, I may cover up everything that I did mm. the day before. Mm. And so... The other thing I see in, specifically in this piece is this the visualization of frequency. Yeah. It looks like you're looking at frequencies, specifically yeah. over Jesus' head. It looks uh-huh. like... And all of that, again, is is from from the gut. Yeah. Very very little thinking. I am tapping into, I am tapping into my right brain, mm. and and I don't know if some of these I just I just sort of switched my brush and went over to the left hand just so I don't have to think about it yeah. so much. So there is a scientific theory. I don't know if it's how accurate it is, but. Before there was the material, there was sound. Mm-hmm. There was, I mean, that you, we could easily make that jump into, into faith. Mm-hmm. We can make a scriptural argument for that. But before there, before anything was, there was the word, right? There was the logos. Absolutely. But even scientifically, they're making that point that um, that energy frequency can translate into matter and it did and it did <laughs> sure yeah absolutely what's up with the nope. purple thing go Sorry. back what's up with the purple squiggles you, the purple the purple squiggles with stars on it Is that i have no idea you have no idea nope you just all right cool i have no idea so uh the other one is <laughs> this will probably be lost on you because I asked you about this. I love the I love the score, and I heard the score before I saw the show of Wicked, and um, and then I saw the show, and I knew I needed to. It is one of one of most delightful musicals for me and musical experiences because I saw it with my whole family, and so this is an interpretation of the of soundtrack of Wicked, and and it's oh, yeah. it's one of my favorites. And okay, now we're getting a little more Superman here. A little bit. I like it. There's a little bit. This was a, um, you know, I I would listen and then I would I would do stuff. I I think if anything is represented, is more thought out. This probably would have been a little. This yeah. had some thought it, it to it. It feels like the Wizard of Oz. Huh? It feels like the Wizard. Yeah, of Oz. and it yeah. should. And it should. And, and there is an Oz in there, isn't there? There is an Oz. Yeah. And the O, the O and the Z, O is in the left-hand corner, then the Z right in the middle of it. But you put those together, and it forms on a side W. Mm-hmm. Wicked. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. And wicked. This is this. I call this piece uh, "Look to the Western Sky," and and there's a great lyric in there um, that she, the Alphaba, the Wicked Witch of the West sings um it and if you care to find me look to the western sky and so we have her emerging out of oz and uh, and and if you look up real close the uh, alphaba who is in the right hand corner um she's 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 really i try i on purpose i tried to make her as beautiful as i possibly could mm-hmm. and and it's glenda that's the nut burger. Yeah. <laughs> she's Linda the good witch is not so she's she's the she's kind of a nutcase mm-hmm. and she's kind of falling apart and so that's where that comes from. This I still have this one. This is hanging in my yeah, house. This is great. Now, this is this definitely feels like wicked. Feels yeah. like Wizard of Oz, yeah, yeah. You kept, this you captured it for sure. I had a, I just had, a, I had great fun with it. How big it, is it? Oh, it's big piece. It's two by, it's it's a two by four. Got it. Two at the top, four down. It's big. It's sitting in the stairwell of my home. So would you sell this one? Yes. Okay. Absolutely sell it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I say I still have this one, yeah. that means. It means you're ready to... Yeah, I yeah, could. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I could let it go. And so and that is the Emerald City, right? Oh, yeah. 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 But if when you see... Emerald City doesn't have it all together. And so the way I rendered it is in, in such a way that you would see, uh, it's not really that magical and wonderful. Yeah. It doesn't have it all together. So 
And then the the blue splots kind of uh, I'm, my rendering of um, the flying monkeys, mm. the most frightening right? things in the and as a child. Oh my gosh. I hated them. I hated them too. They were so creepy. Oh. I don't know. What <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, I don't know how they did it. They were, they were so creepy. They were so creepy, so disturbing. And they have move, even how they moved and fly. Yeah, they just would bounce, 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 and all of a sudden they're taking off. Yeah. Oh gosh, hated that. Okay. Nightmares. So right. no more wicked. Um, I Miles love of jazz. Miles of jazz. Um, Miles Davis. I love jazz. Well, all kinds of jazz. This is this is inspired by me just listening to my my Miles Davis um, on station on. This starts with a P. Huh? Pandora. There you go. <laughs> oh yeah, that's. And, you don't get any more jazzy than that. No, and that's that's. I just felt all of that, uh, in that. Uh, so of course I have to have Miles, and he and the uh, bass player is Charles Mingus, and he always smoked a cigar while he played, mm. and. And there, I just saw at one time in my, I saw a picture of him just smiling kind of like that, um, playing his bass. And, you know, of course, there's an urban feel to it. This there, belongs in a jazz club somewhere. What's that? This belongs in a jazz club. Well, it, 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 now it belongs to a professor at um, Davis University oh. in North Carolina. So this one's not for sale. <laughs> this is this. Oh no, there's our there's there's a few I would like to have yeah, back. Yeah, I bet. But um, uh, but this family was that I gave it to is just so dear to me through the years. Yeah. His parents were uh, Tim's parents were seminary profs of mine, and I if you know if I couldn't ask for a better family to have this. He's a he's a math professor and he's um, he's really a neat guy and and we just a great guy. Some of the things that I'm pointing out is that this looks joyful, fun, mm -hmm. um, but dark. Yeah. Um, there's I'm I have people in the background drinking and smoking. Um, that's what happened in jazz clubs. The other yeah. thing that happened is that you can't get away from as much as you want to want to is you can't get get away from the drug culture at that time okay and specifically heroin i didn't want to out and out tip my hand and put in a you know a needle or anything like that so um the nod to the fact that there was a dr drug culture was the um the poppy motif right underneath okay. mingus all right yeah, and that because that's I That's, wouldn't have picked up on it, but yeah. Yeah, that well, I That's needed it to be there because I wanted it to be truthful about jazz. Right. I didn't want it, somebody to say, you know, oh look at that you're making you're romanticizing jazz. No, I'm not. And you have keys in there too, right? Pardon? Keys, keyboard. I see. Yeah, keys are. Oh yeah, yeah. Keys I mean, in a lot of. You them. know, I got a. I got an. I think I. I think Brubeck showed up, mm. and I had to do. You know, do Dave you Brubeck. Play the piano? No, no. I don't play any instrument. Very well. Can you play the radio? I play that. I play the heck all out right, of that. Good. All over. I play the guitar. I can. I have like five chords I can work with, in the guitar. And yeah, this is. I mean, this could be Miles Davis' album cover. You know, it could be. That's, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, I could. So, I don't know what the next one is, but I think I know. I believe it was also a commission. Cash. Oh, Johnny Cash. This now is all talking. the music of Johnny Cash that my um, my daughter, our daughter Heather, um, commissioned me to do this. And so I had a canvas that her um, Sue had um, that was kicking around, and I recycled it. And so I put this. I She loves the music of Johnny Cash. Mm -hmm. So the train is There's there. There's the prison, right? There's the Folsom Prison yeah. Blues. The uh, um, there is the Ring of Fire. Mm -hmm. um, the trumpets blasting out because uh, that's a story. You know um, when when he got the song from June Carter. Yeah. June June wrote the song Ring of Fire, and 
when he got the song, when he heard it, when he was played, he he heard these mariachi trumpets mm. at the beginning yeah, 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 yeah. of it. So I had to I had to render that in there. Um, you got the man in black. The man in black. Um, there's um, Jackson. The road to Jackson. There he has a. Um, um, there is a a. a, a um, what do you call? Just a nod to the um, to hurt that Nine Inch Nail song that oh, he yeah, yeah. that he did. Um, I wear that thorny crown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was wondering what the crown was. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's the train, and then if you look up on the guitar, uh, you know, at the neck of the guitar, you're going to see a strip of green. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a dollar. Okay. And. And at the time when he was recording, I think at Sun's Records, you know, they didn't have a lot of musicians. They were very simple, but there's a sound that he wanted to have. And so what he'd do is he'd put a dollar up the neck. And so when he'd play, you'd hear that. Gave him the sound that he wanted. Yeah, it gives him the sound. And so that's that's what he did. Um, there's a song called Big River. Mm-hmm. So that's in there. And um, and I forget everything. It does feel like a Johnny Cash song. Oh, good. Sure. And it feels very Americana. Oh, I'm glad. That's that's kind of very what... outsider art. Yeah. You know, maybe outsider art, just you know, like yeah, painted in a on the roadside. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, thick and heavy. Yeah. You know, and 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 all of that. Now I want you to I want you to um, can we pass the explanation? Mm-hmm. Go past that and go to the next one. And I want him I want Josh to tell me if you know who it is. If you can name it and who it is. Alright, let's get a shot. Oh man, this is a tough one. <laughs> well, I can tell no, you. No, 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 Give me let me see if I can work on it, work it out. Okay. It's a specific album of this specific group. Beatles. Huh? Beatles. Yeah. What's the album? I don't know the album name. Abbey Road. Abbey Road. Okay. So this is Abbey Road. You absolutely I, I got, got it. it. You got the Beatles. What gave you the Beatles? Um, the Sun. Okay. Um, the Whimsical. Yeah. There would be some, there's some tells. The octopus. Yeah, Octopus's Garden. Yeah. She came in through the bathroom window. Yeah. Um, there's a song called Mean Mr. Mustard. Wow. And all their instruments are are at the bottom coming out of that, of that image, the Sun King image. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and... Um, McCartney's upside down bass that he played and Ringo's drum set. And Wait, where's where's let me see, where's the drum set? What's that? Where's the drum set? It's in the in the uh, lower right hand corner. Okay. Very it's off it, yeah, most yeah. of it's off off page. This is actually two different pieces. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these are two different canvases. And, okay. Um, so it's a, um, I believe it's a, a one, it's a one by three, two one by three canvas. Okay. That are painted together, and um, and I and I and I wanted it to be, and so this, this really, it looks thought out. It really wasn't that thought out. But as I went to places and I had ideas and I I said I want to I want to do this, and so. Um, this I don't own either. Like I gave this away. Yeah, well, that's your fault. I know. I mean, <laughs> it's just because here's the thing: I don't know what I had. I just don't know what I had. Yeah. And 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 I think the sad thing is, is that, is that when you paint and nobody knows who you are, and nobody nobody has recognized your value. Yeah. And so. My feeling is, is when I die, somebody's gonna make a. This is a. I'm. I don't know. I. Yeah. I think it's a pretty good piece. That's a great piece. 
Um, and then there's a nod to Apple Records because that's that's where it comes from. And in between the window and and the sun guy, mm-hmm. uh, nod to Lennon's Lennon's sunglasses. Oh, his little I see that, that John now. Lennon had. And then you know my favorite song is the Octopus's Garden, and so mm-hmm. I had to put that in there. And and there's there's images in the, the slight images in the window panes of something and. Um, and uh, so anyway, you know, I'm gonna do a cover of "Here Comes the Sun" for Easter. You are gonna do what? A cover of "Here Comes the Sun." Are you really? Yeah. Awesome. So our, oh, neat. Our worship team's working on it. Right Here now. comes the sun. Yeah. Da 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 da. Here yeah. comes the. Sun. Yeah, and if you listen to it, it says it's a long two years. And we did the, we did mm. the COVID for two years. Boy, that's neat. So what that's, a great, great thing. Yeah. Well, in in soundscapes and like this one, there's there's every every song and every album and every piece of music I listen to could become different. Mm-hmm. And um and this all this does is reflect moments a moment in time. And it's not intended to be the be all and the end all of mm-hmm. that particular music. It's just that's why, in one sense, I'm glad I didn't necessarily have any music playing, you know, because everybody needs to look at these pieces, and yeah. and you all need to look at art and forget about what the artist was doing with it, yeah, and just appreciate every piece. It doesn't it doesn't matter if Kaczynski, if we knew that Kaczynski paint listened to music. Well, he painted that. Right. It's cool that right. we know that. Yeah, but it's not necessary. But they're amazing pieces. Yeah. They're just amazing pieces. And so t- I I have many, I have, these are just a few examples of my soundscapes. I have. Very cool. I have one where I listen, I have a painting I did while listening to French Cafe music. And, um, and, and, um, from the Phantom, I actually did a piece for um, uh, listening to Beethoven's Fifth. Nice, and all of that. Have you ever done heavy metal? You know I haven't. But the other thing, the other thing that's missing that I haven't done is I haven't done a soundscape, and people would say of worship. Yeah. That's I think you know I was almost embarrassed. I, maybe I can listen to one and whip it out. Yeah. But I, um, I haven't done one, and I I honestly don't know why. Do you have a favorite worship song or worship art artist? I don't know if I would call him artist, but okay. Um, I would say probably if I were going to do if right now if you yeah. said okay go do it yeah I would I would um, listen to and paint to. Um, uh, revival in Belfast, okay, with Robin Mark. Mm-hmm. I would do that. That um, that album just blew me away. Mm-hmm. And um, behold, he comes mm-hmm. riding like you know, yeah. just. And so I would do that. Um, and I I do like an artist. I'd also render an artist. He really touches me. Um, Todd um, Todd Agnew. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. I would I would do him in that. So it'd be challenging though, wouldn't it? It would be really challenging because you have to you have your you're bringing your preconceived. Yeah, and that's I think that's the thing. I'm yeah. I'm coming in with I I'm coming in with because worship music already touches something with me familiar and it brings it out and it you know worship. Worship music specifically spells out what the artist wants you to know. Yeah. And the musician wants you to know. Yeah. And it's also symbolic, too. It's highly symbolic worship. Highly symbolic. And it's almost like how, how, and to me, to me, it would feel like um, being led into the temple or the Mm -hmm. tabernacle. Mm -hmm. And coming out and interpreting that. Have you ever done a tabernacle painting or a temple painting? 
No, the closest, no, the closest I get to it, I've ever gotten to it was to um, paint, um, a paint a picture of a station, a paint in a Stations of the Cross. I use the palette of the tabernacle, blue, okay. violet, red, right. gold, and um, no, I. Are you familiar with mandalas? No. So in, um, in Chinese art and specifically Indian and uh, Buddhist art, mm -hmm. they would make these, um, call them mandalas, but they like mazes, right? Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to meditate on these maze, on these pictures. Like a labyrinth. Like a labyrinth, yes. You meditate on them and you're supposed to, you know, puts you into a meditative state. Mm -hmm. The temple is supposed to do the same thing. Because you go to the outer courts to the inner courts. To oh the wow! Yeah, so you're moving further and further in through the different stages. Okay. So, I mean, if you think it'd be cool if you did a painting, a, a bird's eye view. Stop. Because I already have it. The yeah. muse just plopped right oh, into yay. my lap, <laughs> <laughs> saying hi. Yeah. Here I am. Um, so uh, yeah, don't tell me anymore because I. I see it. I see it. I see it. Cool. I inspired you. Yeah, you did. Thank you so much. So that's where inspiration comes from. You never mm -hmm. know where it is. So these are these are art inspired by sound music. You use lots of color. I never. You, you got so much color. I never met a color I didn't like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I there's nothing there's nothing subtle about me. No. At all. So thank Very you cool. for letting me share. I love it. Good. I'm glad. So you're going you're gonna to do a temple then, huh? Yeah. All right. I'm inspired. I don't know when, but I'm going to. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for you letting are, me share and letting course, me share with you. Oh, this is a lot of fun. I'm glad I got the Beatles. Yeah. I'm, I'm, pro I'm proud of myself. <laughs> good job, Josh. Yeah. Good job. All right, let's wrap her up. I know you got to run. So thank you for watching and listening, and we'll see you next time at the Art of Faith podcast. Blessings. <laughs>